And welcome in everybody to Fantasy Football Now. It is time to try and week by week to figure out what the hell is going on in the NFL. You couldn't find two happier more productive, willing guys to try and help you out. I'm Brady Baker at DFW Sports Speed alongside my good friend Jeff Tito Fitoff at Fit Happens. What's up, pal? How you doing, Get, brother? Get that dog put away? I got the dog put away. Oh, Finally, shit, yes. Yeah. I'm a dog fan, though. It doesn't really bother me. Uh, we got a lot to get to. Uh, breaking news here in Dallas that I was covering. Zeke Elliott has some sort of partial tear of his MCL. And the Philadelphia Eagles, also concerning the Dallas Cowboys, uh, added defensive end Dan Quinn. So I've been at the star chasing those two stories. But I'm happy to be here Dan, with you. Dan, yeah, Dan Quinn's a difference maker. You know, when he was here, I think it was 13 and a half sacks three years ago. Then the following year, he went to Chicago and got 18 and a half. And you know the best thing about Dan Quinn? All business. All business. Right. Absolutely has a motor that runs all the time. I don't care how old he's he getting. Robert Quinn, though, right? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Robert Quinn. What I say, Dan <laughs> Quinn. Yeah, Dan Quinn's a totally different beast. Dan Quinn is a beast, uh, and he is running this Cowboys defense. But, yes, I did mean Robert Quinn. Uh, anyway, yes. here we go. Fantasy football now. Let's get everybody ready. Item number one, Tito, winners. Who were the winners last week? I wrote down the Bengals, who we saw this coming on. We saw uh, more passing for the Bengals offense. They're going to open things up. We told everybody last week if Boyd was available in a 10 or 12-team league to pick him up, he ends up with over 100 and has a great game. And that offense and that quarterback look like they're on fire. They'll wait for their defense, and they're going to try right now to outscore you. That isn't working for many teams in this league other than Kansas City and on occasion Buffalo, but I think right. it can work for the Bengals. You know, uh, since that first game when Burrow was awful against the Steelers, uh, yeah. when he had four interceptions that game, since then he's gone 13 touchdown passes, one interception. Last two games he's had – this is what's uh, – 781 yards passing, 45 yards rushing, six passing touchdowns, Two rushing touchdowns. Those are damn good numbers for your quarterback. It's only going to – I think it's going to continue. Boyd, last two weeks, 14 receptions on 15 targets for 221 in a touchdown. So, yeah, this Bengals offense is really starting to take off, and uh, I don't see it slowing down. The other winner I had was the Bears, and I'm sort of doing this by team, not necessarily on purpose, but it's hitting me that way. Justin Fields runs – on what looked like 11 or 12 designed runs. That is that is what we expected from him, potentially, if you drafted him as your backup quarterback, but not what we've been getting. It's been mostly one or two flush-from-the-pocket runs. All of a sudden, designed runs, which seem to have caught Belichick and company off, off, um, off kilter, and between Fields, Montgomery, and Herbert, they rushed for 240 against the New England Patriots, who I knew would be ready, and that shit wouldn't work, and it did. And now here come the Bears, by the way, to AT&T Stadium. You know, Brady, that goes back to that whole we talked about how, you know, football's kind of reverted back to more like a 70s and 80s type football with the running. And, yeah, uh, yeah 240 in a game, you're going to win a lot of games that way. Fields last two weeks has 26 rushes for 170. Um, so, yeah, it, it seems like that's what's going to work for the Bears. And if they can, you know, just accept the fact, look, your receivers suck. And Fields, we're not sure how good of a passer Fields really is. He was great in college, but I had a conversation with a colleague uh, the other day and about Ohio State quarterbacks that do so well in college, but it doesn't translate over to the NFL. And a big part of that, I believe, is when you're at Ohio State or any school like Alabama or something like that, when you're at school with um, elite talent, every week you play, you've got superior receivers going against inferior defenses. 
You've always got better talent on the field. And so maybe that's why Fields looks so good in college. Maybe that's why Troy Smith looks so good in college. Guys like that. And I hope it's did with C.J. Stroud, but it feels to me like maybe that's part of what Justin Fields is going through is having to throw to at a disadvantage. It seems to take forever for him to wind up and throw the ball. Yeah. So if you're going to be a pocket passer and you're going to generally be a quarterback that, that's effective in this league from the pocket, it's got to take what seems like a full second less time for him to start throwing the football, right? If you if you look at you look at the top quarterbacks, it's out in in you know whatever two point one at the latest. At the latest, it's gone. Hike gone. Reed gone. And that can also get better as he begins to understand defenses better and gain more confidence in the reads that he sees. Uh, item number two: losers. The Packers keep making this list. Rodgers has Cobb, Lazard, Sammy Watkins and Romeo Dubs uh, as a tight end, plus a tight end that he likes in Robert Tanyan and a running back that he loves in Aaron Jones, and yet he's still whining like a bitch and cannot get things going because guys are making mistakes out there and whatever. I'm tired of listening to it. If I have to watch him do and undo his man bun and go on radio show after radio show talking about himself and, and smoking Ayahuasca, wherever the hell he goes to do that, hear from this guy every day, the least he can do is be good. And he's no, not good, and he's whiny, and he looks disinterested and bored. It seems like there's no passion. Maybe that's what, I, that's what pisses me off at Aaron Rodgers. It seems like every week he's like, you know, we're just uh, we got to play better. The guys, we you know, we got to stop making mistakes. It, there's no passion there. Like I want to see passion for my quarterback. My team is struggling. Uh, the Packers this year so far have three games where they've scored less, 14 points or less. Uh, last year. They did it twice in the entire regular season. 2020 happened one time in the regular season. So this is unprecedented territory. And plus the fact now they're like an 11 and a half or a 10 and a half point underdog going into Thursday night um, when they've got to play at Buffalo. Or Sunday night. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, other, other, other losers, the Lions, who were the number one ranked offense through five weeks in the NFL. Um, the uh, DeAndre Swift does not play again. This seems to be sort of extended. And I bet his hard-ass head coach, uh, Dan Campbell ain't that happy about this. And then they lose Amon Ross St. Brown again. Now, we don't know for how long. It was a concussion early in the game. And so he's out. Those are really his two biggest offensive weapons. Uh, and so the quarterback is struggling, and that offense is all of a sudden now struggling as well. Uh, and maybe all that luster that was on the Lions early in the season, even though they were losing games, they were still exciting to watch. Maybe that luster is coming off a little bit. One of the more disappointing teams in the NFL for me as far as, and not just from a fantasy standpoint, just overall. And you would have thought with Dan Campbell and his background that they would have a better defense than they have, but teams are rolling right over them. And yes, there's not many weapons there. It's the point now where the Lions, I mean, they're playing their way into the top half, like the top three or four picks in the NFL draft where they could make a play for a quarterback then because I don't think golf's the answer. And I don't. I, I think they need weapons there in Detroit. So... Um, I can see him certainly making a play and trying to get one of these top quarterbacks in the draft. But their offense has been just their offense has been good, but their defense has been putrid. But they need they need to have an identity on offense, and they just can't seem to find it. Uh, surprises item number three. I only found one that really stood out because I looked and I'm like, damn, I, I didn't really realize the Titans are four and two. I, I respect the hell out of their coach. Their running back is a rolling Buick who will wear you out. Right. Uh, Tannehill, I guess, doesn't make many mistakes and can run around a little bit and pick up some key first downs. But in uh, Tennessee at four and two surprises me from a fantasy standpoint. I don't, still don't think anybody's putting Tannehill in. 
Uh, his big weapon is gone. Austin Hooper sort of showed up last week. So maybe if you need a tight end, you and I both said, you know, somebody's going to do this because they might win this game. Maybe it's Woods who got three right. balls thrown his way and caught two. So I don't know what to tell fantasy people about the surprise that is the Tennessee Titans that helps them. Do you? No, no. I mean, but look, yeah, Tannehill, you're right. You, you nailed it with Tannehill. Tannehill has evolved from when he was with Miami. He was a guy who put up good numbers. And he kind of got screwed by Miami. He got better every year, his first few years there, and then got shown the door. And um, But now he's evolved in more of that game manager, kind of a almost like a, a poor man's flacco yeah. you know, kind of person who can just manage the game. If you have a good defense and a good running game, you can stay in the game that way. Vrabel, former Ohio State guy, is the head coach out there, and has done a great job. Uh, Woods, I'm with you. It, with the injuries in the bye weeks, this week, by the way, the Chiefs and Chargers are both off, so make sure those guys are out of your lineups. With the injuries in the bye weeks, Robert Woods certainly is in play for me as far as somebody you might want to stream and pick up and see what he can do. I don't think he's a guy you want to have in there every single week, but he is really, right now, their best receiving option. I'm not in tune with what's really going on in Tennessee, but I have been surprised that Woods hasn't seen more targets. We know he's we know he's a good route runner. We know he's a good football player who likes to play. So you know he's working hard. I wonder if there's a lingering injury there with Woods that we don't know about, because I certainly would think someone who runs exact routes, which is what right. AJ Brown did for him in the middle of the field, which is Woods, yep. uh, would would have targets at least that would impress you to think about him as a number two receiver. And I think he kind of got drafted that way, right? Of Okay, yeah. you know, probably going to get eight targets a game. That's a pretty big number, right? Now, they don't throw it a ton, but they run it so well, he's probably going to be open. I'm I'm surprised about Woods, and I guess I'll look into this a little bit deeper for fantasy fans. But at this point, I, I think Woods' biggest injury right now is age. Like, okay. It's just age. That's what it is. Okay. All right, I'll buy that. All right, now item number four, additions. Everybody wants to know what the hell we're telling them to add. So here we go. We mentioned this, and I'll give myself credit for this last week. I told you I thought McCaffrey was getting traded, and I told everybody, heads up. I had been hearing in the offseason that not Chubba Hubbard, but Deontay Foreman was somebody that the brass in Carolina really, really liked. They liked his metrics. They liked his strength. They liked his work ethic, uh, his squats. Everything he was doing says this guy is strong and quick. And damned if he doesn't go out and get 15 carries for 118 yards against Tampa. Also, noting that this is a well-rounded player, two catches for 27 yards. One of them went for 21 yards. So uh, I did not see it, but I'm going to go back and look at it. Foreman looks like a, a definite ad, maybe the top ad of the week, because he was probably a free agent in a lot of leagues. He probably was. I, I know a lot of things on – after the trade happened, um, there was a lot of guys that got added. Uh, Hubbard and Foreman both got added in so many leagues almost yeah. immediately. But, yeah, Foreman seems like the guy. I mean, you watch him run out there. He's got more energy. He's got kind of a a bigger. He's got a he's got a better motor, I think, um, than Hubbard does. And so, yeah, you're right. Foreman, I think, is absolutely somebody you can count on going forward. I'm putting, you know, uh, now I'm a two and five team trying to come back too and and surviving bye weeks. But I'm putting probably thirty percent of my fab this week on that. That number too big for you? No, I think that's good. That's about right. Yeah, I think thirty to thirty five percent is actually good. Okay. Uh, other ads. Now, I, I have some random guys here. Remember, stay with me, everybody, because I, I believe most leagues are like the leagues that Tito and I are in, and that is there aren't that many people to add. And with bye weeks coming, you're in a spot. So you're looking for guys who might get targets. Um, Marshall in Carolina. Damn if I didn't forget his name. Terrence yes, Marshall. Terrence Marshall Jr. Jr. Yeah, Terrence Marshall Jr. in Carolina. 
DJ Moore is on the trade block, and it will not surprise me if they move him. That's a pretty big number, and they seem to, for whatever reason, have cooled on him. It's roughly $18 million this year. It goes down a little bit next year to 16 It goes down a little bit the next year to 15 So that's not premium wide receiver. It's not $20, $21 million, but That's still a number that's going to be a little hard to swallow, which may mean DJ Moore doesn't get moved away from Carolina. But if he does, Terrence Marshall Jr. has some speed and some ability. 17 catches in 2021. He's an LSU kid, so you know he's a good athlete. I don't really know much about him. Do you? Uh, he was a second or third round pick, I believe, for them. And they had high hopes of coming out, but he got really lost last year with all the issues they had with quarterbacks. Um, he couldn't get into a flow, which no Carolina receiver really could. And I know they want to keep they've said they want to keep DJ Moore as a building block, but Marshall, though. If he's the number two guy there, still has a lot of value, and they're going to be the market for a quarterback in the draft when they finish this year with, like, four wins. Yeah, I, that's a pretty big bill. DJ Moore's in, what, his fourth or fifth year in the yeah. league? That's not a building piece. That's a guy in his last two or three years left in I the agree league. With you. Yeah. Uh, Russell Gage of uh, Tampa seems, I will say this, when there were the week or the two weeks that I thought Russell Gage needed to step up because guys were hurt and he runs pretty good routes, did. Uh, specifically – Week three, I think he ended up with 10 targets and seven catches for Tom. So he is a Tom kind of receiver, and he's a pretty good receiver. So Russell Gage coming in. Uh, Evans is a little dinged up. Maybe it's just an embarrassment ding after dropping what was a wide-open 70-yard touchdown right in front of him, which set his team on a path to playing like shit. Uh, But Russell Gage is a potential add for me. Yeah, he is. It's it's hard to think about adding anybody on the Tampa offense with how bad they've looked, how inconsistent they've looked. And when you look at the receivers, you got Evans, you got Godwin, uh, you got Julio Jones, you've got Gage, uh, you know, you've got Fournette out of the backfield. And so there's a lot of opportunities there, but they just can't seem to get it going. And I feel like Brady is uh, almost like the Buccaneers offense has evolved to what New England's offense used to be where you couldn't trust anybody because on any given week, somebody would shell out and you're just not sure who it is. You're playing roulette a lot of the times. Gage is somebody to add. Yes, I'm with you. Especially if they play Thursday. So this is a short yes. week. There, there's not Thursday, a whole lot yeah. of time to make a bunch of changes. You're going to go with the guys and Tom's. The other thing is, isn't Tom throwing it? I, I'm going to look. Tom's throwing it 42 times a game too, right? So this isn't Tannehill. Right. I mean, no, he's, he's throwing, throwing more. He's, he's throwing more than he likes to. Yeah. Uh, and one of the guys who is supposed to be helping with the running game, rookie Rashad White of Tampa Bay, statistically hasn't been very good yet, but he is getting more play. Seven touches a game on an average in the last three games. I'm not sure what's going on with Fournette. Uh, we we absolutely were fawning over him two or three weeks ago, and now all of a sudden their offensive line seems to be a little bit deficient. I don't really know what's going on in Tampa. Uh, we'll talk to J.P. Peterson, who's down there uh, on Friday. I'll talk to him and find out. But I know everybody sort of thinks that the entire team is just sort of pouting and underachieving. It, it seems like there's such bad body language with that team. And you can just see it out there, the way Brady blows up at the line. They just don't seem like they are into it. And the hell of it is, Brady, they're going to win their division. Every game means something. They're in a weak NFC style. So every game really means something for them. So they're going to probably sleepwalk their way into a division title. But as far as fantasy goes, it's like I said, it's hard to count on anybody on a consistent basis with that team. And I'm sure as hell not counting on Brady – Probably the only guys that I'm starting every week would be a healthy Evans and a Fournette. Other than that, I mean, I don't I, – I, gun to my head, I don't want to put those other guys in my lineup. I'm with you. Uh, McCole Hardman of the Chiefs comes up with three touchdowns against a very good San Francisco defense because Andy Reid's a fucking genius. That's all there is to it. Andy <laughs> yes. knows how to put people in the right place because make no mistake, and I'm a Kansas City guy that's in tune with this team, McCole Hardman – 
while one of the faster players in the league does not have special hips or feet. He does not adjust the balls well in the air. He does not flip his hips around. There's so many things that this guy uh, that they drafted early in the second round, a few years back when they thought maybe uh, Tyreek was leaving. And he's figured out that Hardman, if I can get him running straight, yeah. is faster than almost everybody on the field. So they'll work these end arounds. They'll work bubble screens. They'll work things that are set for his game. And last week they cashed three times. Hardman might be available in some leagues. And, and I just want to caution people in that he's always going to get five or six touches. They aren't always going to go for a touchdown or two or three touchdowns. I will also say that Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid do like Hardman and the fact that that he does what they want him to do. Reid loves coaching speed. He finds a way. If you're fast, you saw it with Tyree Kill for the last couple of years. If you're fast, if you've got some speed there and get that little bit of an edge around the corner, look, Reid's going to find a way to get you the ball in space and find a way to set you up perfectly. You're right. The touches, the volume's not there. He will never have the volume, but right. he always has that home run ability. And sometimes if you're in a situation like yourself, you said you're two and five. I know I'm awful in one of my leagues. If you need that home run type, if you need like that high ceiling, he does have a high ceiling because he can have a six touch, three touchdown game, yep. but it's not going to, sometimes you have a six touch, no touchdown game. You got to be willing to play that risk depending how desperate you are. Listen, mister, it's two and five on a two game winning streak. Two, okay, by the way. Yeah. two and over <laughs> the last two weeks. You're hot. Everybody listen to me. Two and five. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco of the Chiefs was put in as the lead back in the San Francisco game. And yeah. I honestly believe that was because San Francisco's run defense is so good. If you've watched Isaiah Pacheco at all, this rookie for the Chiefs, he runs like you wound him up and put him in fifth gear. And that's the hole that I'm running through. Well, it's not very big, but here I come. Get some of me. And it reminds him a little bit of uh, Kareem Hunt, who was the same way. I got the ball. I see you too. I'm blowing you up. This is going to go for what's going to go for. So I think Pacheco has visions for this coaching staff of, of being a poor man's Kareem Hunt at some point, and they want to get him in. But at same caution, because I'm in tune with Kansas City, Andy Reid doesn't run the football. No, so, yeah. so he got the start, but the start led to eight carries, averaging five yards a carry. So good for him, five and a half yards a carry, but eight carries. He was one of the most added players over the weekend when the news came out that he was likely yeah. going to be the starting, be the lead back. And everyone jumped to him, and you're right, he did have the eight carries, the average five yards carrying all that. That was great. Only two more carries in CEH, and so it wasn't a great game for him. I think that people who are picking him up, myself included, expected there'd be more of a, a, um, a, a separation between the number of touches for each guy. But, you know, the like Andy Reid does, the game dictated what he was able to do and where he went because uh, Hardman was so good, then you can look and maybe reduce the, the um, usage on the running backs a little bit. But I'm with you. Pacheco's a guy you want to look at adding, especially if you're a CEH owner and you're relying on CEH. And maybe even in a keeper league. By the yep. end of this year, you may think, I now see the starting running back in Kansas City, yep. and it's Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is an obscure name in Seattle. Six catches in his last two games for 93 yards. So that's pretty good uh, per catch. And then we all thought DK Metcalf was most definitely out. Now I'm hearing Wednesday today that he's around the practice field and trying to play and he's planning on playing. So good for him. I don't necessarily know DK to play through injuries. So good for him being probably motivated by the success of his quarterback and the fact that that team somehow has four wins. So good for him. But so monitor that. But if DK doesn't play, Marquise Goodwin's been dependable uh, for yep. this quarterback the last couple of weeks. 
You're right. It all depends on if Metcalf says he's going to play and if it looks like he's going to be able to have a pretty full load, then you don't want Goodwin. But keep keep an eye on this, though, because it is somebody you certainly could pick up and stream if Metcalf doesn't play. Khalil Herbert continues to throw between 35 and 50 passes a game. I bet those three fractured ribs still hurt to this minute. And his genius head coach is not giving him any time off. And now they can't because they can't win. Keenan Allen back. But only played, I, I noticed this, only played in the first half. I think he, he had yeah. uh, 11 or 12 plays in the first half. He did not play in the second half. The word that I was able to get was he did not re-injure anything. He just didn't feel like he had much explosion, and he might be doing himself more harm than good, so he didn't play in the second half. And now Mike Williams is out. We, we know that. Mike Williams is out. So someone is going to catch really nice passes from Herbert, and I think it's DeAndre Carter. You with me on that? I think Carter, yeah, Carter and Palmer are both decent ads to have. Look, they got a bye week coming up this week, but Williams is out multiple weeks. And so, yeah, Justin Herbert, it's a great time for a bye week for him. He gets a chance to hopefully get even healthier. But uh, the Chargers along with the Lions, one of the more disappointing teams for me. But, yes, I think Carter is somebody, it's a sneaky ad, especially now get him when he's on a bye week because no one else is going to look at him. People are going to go to the, the different sites and look at projected points for, for this week eight. And they're not going to see him on there because he's got zero projected points this week. So it is a sneaky ad. Somebody you can probably go out there and get still. Uh, this one's odd, and I want your opinion. Keontae Ingram in Arizona in the last two games has 14 touches. Now, James Conner, well, I thought last week James Conner would play. I thought James Conner was going to show up in the big moment with the return of their great wide receiver. He obviously is really nursing something. And sure. James Conner put his head in the way of a lot of people in four years in Pittsburgh and last year in Arizona as well. So that body is probably wearing out. But Keontae Ingram looked kind of good to me. I'm like, who the hell is Keontae Ingram? He runs hard. Uh, Eno Benjamin also running hard. I mean, I watch that running game for Arizona, and I'm like, I don't even know who these guys really are, but these guys run hard. I will say that. They, they run hard. Yeah, Ben is somebody who I've liked uh, even before the season started. But I said, especially with Connor, like you mentioned, the wear and tear on Connor, it's hard to see him lasting a full season with full touches where he's going to miss time here and there. Benjamin had a great game last week. Um, I feel like if it's not – if Benjamin and Connor, if both of them are out, then I think it's just all hands on deck for the passing game with Kyler Murray and, and throwing a bunch of uh, passes out to like Robbie Anderson and DeAndre Hopkins, the aforementioned DeAndre Hopkins. So um, I – I like Benjamin. I'm not high on Ingram yet, but I okay. think I, I'm still I'm still a Benjamin guy, though. That seems the Ingram touches seven and seven in the last yeah. two games. And he said someone somewhere thinks that there is an issue where this guy may need to play. They're getting him on the field. And so in I, daily, don't know. Yeah. I, I would take him in daily fantasy. If you're trying to make your lineup, want to get a bunch of high level, high price guys in there. It's, yeah. it's certainly a, a dart you can throw if you want to have a cheap guy on there and spend your money elsewhere. Traquan Smith has been on again, off again in New Orleans. Eight catches in his last two games from Andy Dalton for 102 yards. And I don't know what their receiving situation is either, but Dalton threw it, I don't know, 40 times last week as well. Yeah, Dalton, Dalton's been uh, slinging the ball quite a bit. And now Winston wants to play this week. We'll see. He's trending towards playing. And Michael Thomas, we're not sure on him. There's so many question marks with this New Orleans offense because of the fact you don't know if it's Dalton, you don't know if it's Winston, you don't know if Thomas is out there. Olave came back and played well after concussion. So um, I, I think that it it's all this is going to be predicated on, you know, Winston and Michael Thomas. If they're not playing, then yes, I think that Traquan Smith's a great ad. If both Winston and Michael Thomas are playing, then I think it, it actually goes down the list a little bit, not quite as attractive to me. 
James Robinson quickly gets traded to the New York Jets, uh, who are replacing Brees Hall. All of us disappointed in that. The Jets have been so much fun to watch with their speed, and he certainly is a part of that. Uh, Carter is there as well. Robinson gets in. We'll see how much he actually plays this week. This is a sneaky week for Carter, and I'm going to come back to that in another segment. Uh, and then last but not least on the ads, if, if he's still there, if you didn't notice or your league didn't notice, Gus Edwards is back in Baltimore, 16 for 66 last week. J.K. Dobbins does not seem to be recovering like we'd hoped he would from that Achilles, right? Yeah, yeah those right? ACLs so, what he had before. ACL, okay. So, I mean, that's an injury that can be slower than everybody wants it to be. Dobbins is a speed guy, and I don't see it yet, so – Baltimore's a running team. They could use some hard-ass running from Gus Edwards, who is that guy. So if he happens to be sitting in there in your league, I'd give quite a bit of my fab to get Gus Edwards. I, yeah, Dobbins on IR now, so he's out at least four to weeks. They said four to six, they think. Edwards, yeah. certainly. Look, Gus the bus. they loved him last year before he got hurt also. He was going to have a big role after Dobbins' injury. Then he gets hurt right away. And so this is a great opportunity for Gus Edwards. I think that's the guy they trust more than anybody to run the ball, whose name is not Lamar Jackson. So I think the Edwards will continue to be the guy to get most of the touches out there, and he's your goal line guy. He's a three-down back. He is now rested. He's doesn't have the wear and tear from the last season and also the first you know six, uh, six games this season. So I, I love Gus Edwards going forward. Me too. All right, item number five before we take a little bitty break, and that is drops. Who are we dropping? And I remember last week saying, I don't know who the hell I would drop. Everyone's hurt. Right. Even if I'm mad at someone or that I think they suck, I can't drop them. You're dropping Matt Ryan because Atlanta, uh, uh, or excuse me, um, Indianapolis said, yeah, he's a little hurt, but mostly he sucks. And no matter what, we would be changing quarterbacks. We're going to Sam Ellinger, which isn't the answer to anything except a trivia question about where he played football, which is Texas. Right. Reese Hall is also out to an injury, as we mentioned, too bad for the Jets. And do you drop Carson Wentz? Is is the Wentz project over because the fans prefer Heineke? I, I think so. Look, and the Wentz Bulls this weekend, Indianapolis playing Washington this week. So, um, yeah, I think that all three of those guys you mentioned, in a dynasty league, I'm not cutting Hall, obviously, but if you're a season-long league, yes, you get rid of them now. Uh, Wentz and Ryan, certainly the same way. God, I hope they are not ones that you need um, yeah. to count on. And if, if, you've had to, if you've had to count on Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz so far this year, you're probably in a, in a pretty crappy situation in your league. <laughs> Do a read for me at BetUS, would you, sir? You bet. BetUS.com. Go there. They're the three-decade leader in the industry. Go there and enter code DSP125. You get a 125% bonus. DSP200 gets you a 200% bonus with crypto. You can crypto. bet sports, casino, uh, horse racing, pop culture, all of that. You bet. You win. You get paid at BetUS.com. Pop culture bets. I, I literally have to go just make a pop culture bet because I want to know what the hell that entails. See, you and I would want to bet like on who shot JR back in the day. That's That would have been our bet back then. That would have been our pop culture bet. I don't even know what we'd bet now on pop culture. That did bother me for months, too. It really did. It kept me <laughs> up at night. Who the fuck shot JR? <laughs> Item number six, these teams and or players were just flat bad. We will start with the Patriots who knew the running game was coming because the Bears can't do anything else. Now, maybe they didn't think Fields was going to load it up 12 times. I don't know. But I thought everyone was going to be at the line of scrimmage anyway, and I know he's hard to tackle. But the Patriots were not very good. And then there's infighting about is it Bailey Zappi or is it Mac Jones? It sounds like a terrible answer to a trivia question either way. And the team, as I understand it, was very upset when Mac Jones got pulled after two throws and sort of ineffectiveness, I guess, in the first two drives. So there is dissension 
in Patriot land, one thing we know is the head coach doesn't give a shit. He doesn't. And he, he came out and said it was the plan all along to play both of them. And neither I mean, Mac Jones said, yeah, I think it was a plan all along. Zappy's like, yeah, um, okay. No one's saying anything about it. And Belichick and true Belichick form is not really giving any long answers or any insight on why he did it. Uh, but it, you know, Brady, you know, the old cliche, if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterbacks and that's yeah. where they're at right now. And I'm starting to wonder about is Belichick is the shine off of Belichick. Now has the game passed bill Belichick by because of the fact how poorly he's drafted the fact that this kind of game, you go into a game against the bears. Like you said, you know, the bears are going to run the ball. They are not going to pass it and you still can't stop them. That was shocking to me to watch that happen. And the Patriots I'm with you. They are in a, they're not in a great situation. And I don't, I don't think it matters who the quarterback is. I, the, the Patriots are going down. Other just flat bad, the Lions, the Packers, and the Colts. The Buccaneers defense makes this list, which is surprising because we know there's talent on that side of the football. We know that should be a run-stuffing group. That's a group that will inflict pain on you. But they seem a little disinterested, much like their skinny quarterback. Uh, will they bounce back on Thursday night at home to a national audience against the Ravens? I sort of... I don't know, whatever. We got 25 years of watching this son of a bitch. The answer has to be yes, right? It has to be that you that that he could, yes. Like, but I don't know how much I like I think right now the, the Ravens are favored by a point and a half. Or the Ravens get a point and a half in this game right now for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay at home. And I, Brady's got like the NFL record for most consecutive games without losing three in a row. And he's on the verge of doing that. He's got like 309 games or some ridiculous number without ever losing three in a row. And they're on the they're on the cusp of that right now. I I have a feeling, yes, the Buccaneers should bounce back, but Lamar Jackson is a lot better than any quarterback they've lost to lately. You know, it, it, it's so I, that part concerns me a little bit. But I, you, you and I are both trained to believe Brady won't lose three in a row. Yeah. Well, and Lamar's been sacked 14 times, which isn't a massive number. He's thrown six picks, which isn't a massive number. He's put it on the ground four or five times and only lost one fumble. But if the Buccaneers are hungry, they can probably do some damage in this game. But it seems like a big step. I, I can't quite figure it out. Item number seven, you want to know about these. Stardom. We already told you about Gus Edwards toting it in angry fashion. And the way that the Ravens prefer to watch their running backs run the ball, that's the way Gus Edwards runs it. He's back. So if you've got Gus Edwards, even against an angry Tampa Bay front, I'm putting him in. Um, Daniel Jones at Seattle. It's time for Daniel Jones. He is not turning the ball over. Just give Brian Dable credit. I mean, whatever he has said to this young man, his game looks similar, except he's a little bit more under control. He's making certain throws when he needs to, and he's running in, in good time. He's not putting the ball on the ground. I mean, Daniel Jones at Seattle is a decent play this week. It is. Seattle gives up a lot of yards to quarterbacks, and Jones is playing so much smarter than he has the last couple of years. And um, what Dabble's been able to do is put him in situations to where he can succeed, not expecting him to carry the whole load. And look, you can't underestimate how important it is having Saquon Barkley, a healthy Saquon Barkley back that you can count on for 20-plus touches a game. That's huge. The receivers suck in New York, no doubt about it, inconsistent. And uh, Juan Dale's the one guy you might want to own, but it's inconsistent play at wide receiver. The fact that Jones and the Giants are still able to be where they're at is pretty impressive, and hats off to Dabble for that. Uh, by the way, if you weren't paying attention, Daniel Jones in my league at 34 yeah. points last week. 34 Amazing. points. 
WTF. Uh, Stardom, Allen Robinson. Now, this one may be a little iffy, but the Rams, who are playing San Francisco, who are smarting from getting thumped by Kansas City, San Francisco will probably be ready. On the other hand, we all know certain things happen in that division, and one is the Rams beat San Francisco at home. They just do. And they're coming off a bye week, right? And that head coach is a good head coach. That quarterback's probably getting a little bit healthier. They have pedigree there. So Allen Robinson broke out two weeks ago, right, with six or seven catches and a touchdown. And if that team's going to be anything close to what they want, Allen Robinson has to be a part of that. So I'm starting it. I'll throw one more name out there. Someone to watch is to maybe add is like kind of a stash, guys. Van Jefferson, the other wide receiver there. I think he's a better better deep threat. I think that Robinson is at this point in their careers. He's, he's a better guy that I think that you're going to see the the, uh, the Rams make big time plays to him, whereas Cup's more of the underneath guy. Van Jefferson's got home run potential when he's out there on the field. He's somebody who I would stash if you're not if you're two and five, you know, but if you're if you're five and two or six and one or seven and zero, oh, and you're looking to maybe get guys that are ready for the playoffs, Van Jefferson's someone you might want to sneakily add. Agree. Tight end Jordan Akins of Houston is averaging fifteen point four four yards a catch. Uh, they have injury issues with Collins hurting. I, I, I thought I saw him leave the game. I can't find an injury distinction on him, uh, but he has caught 10 of his 12 targets. So if you're looking and you got a tight end on bye week, Jordan Akins has been effective uh, for the Houston Texans who have to get better. Running back Michael Carter of the Jets. This is one that I like. You've seen this happen before. Michael Carter is a proud guy. Came in and had a 1,000 yards in his rookie year with the Jets. Is not a bad player at all. Gets pushed aside by another draft pick in, in Brees Hall. Is still getting enough carries that he's a part of this offense. Uh, he's 20 of 24 and catching the football out of the backfield over seven 7.6 yards per carry. Michael Carter does some things well. James Robinson is coming there, but I have to imagine at least in week one that his touches will be neutered a bit as he learns this offense. So this is a week where Michael Carter, a proud, good young player on a, on a Jets team that's coming, could have a big week. I don't know. I just it's one of those gut feelings for me. And the fact that they added James Robinson so quickly tells you how badly the Jets want to run the ball. Because losing Brees Hall and James Robinson, Michael Carter, they can't replace what Brees Hall could bring. But that tells you they want to run the ball more. They want to keep doing that. That's their identity, which is why guys like Garrett Wilson, I'm down on them now. I loved Garrett Wilson early in the season, but he's been droppable for me in a lot of leagues just because I think that the Jets are going to just try to pound, pound, pound the ball. Donovan Peoples-Jones, we put in this spot last week. Uh, Cincinnati will be ahead of Cleveland in this game throughout most of the game, but you know Chubb can run the football, which makes play-action pass and some of those routes, those skinny post routes he runs in the middle of the field, a possibility. If I'm just trying to give you plug-ins, okay? I know there's injuries everywhere because I got them everywhere. So Donovan Peoples-Jones is a play, a sneaky play that I would make for a third or fourth wide receiver, a flex player this week. Cincinnati is going to put points on Cleveland. Cleveland is going to have to do something to answer. It's a Halloween game on uh, Monday night, and Cleveland's defense has been uh, just very underwhelming so far this yeah, year, sure. surprisingly underwhelming. And so, yes, since he will be ahead, uh, and, and Chubb is the guy to get there, and you got to watch, keep watching, because Kareem Hunt could be traded at any time. There's talk about them possibly moving him. You know, um, they've got Dearest Johnson still in their backfield who – is somebody who filled in well last year when both Chubb and Hunt were hurt. So keep an eye on the trade wire, too, and see if Hunt goes somewhere. He may have more value than he does right now in Cleveland. Naheem Hines has been dropped in a lot of leagues that I'm in. Five catches last week, and now Sam Ellinger is the answer at quarterback for Indianapolis. If you don't think he's dumping the ball to Naheem Hines, then you're not paying attention. He has great ability. He's been underused this year. 
by Matt Ryan, who constantly wanted to stand and hold the ball with an average arm and look down the field. Hines is a play for me this week after five catches last week. He certainly has upside this week. He's healthy. Taylor's healthy. It's back to that kind of one-two punch. I'll give you a tight end, by the way, if you're looking to stream somebody because of the fact you lost Kelsey this week um, with the Chiefs being off or an injury. Uh, Greg Dolkich Dulkic, of Denver, the Denver Broncos. Last two weeks, uh, he's got 12 targets, caught eight passes, and he seems to be somebody they're relying on more and more in the passing game. I think he'll be pretty good going forward if you've had like a stream. A lot of, I think a lot of people are streaming tight ends this year, Brady, where if you don't have Kelsey and don't have Andrews, a lot of the times you're you're looking at guys saying, okay, who's the hot one this week? This is a guy I would look to. Good, good call. Uh, number eight, item number eight. This one we terms, those were stardoms. These are, you just sit they asses. Matt Ryan is sitting, even if he wasn't hurt, he's sitting. They're tired of watching it. A.J. Dillon is an interesting one because I imagine with the lack of depth on most of your teams that we are talking to, that you haven't even really been able to sit A.J. Dillon because why wouldn't the Packers, I know their offensive line is struggling a little bit, but why wouldn't the Packers insistently try and run the football a little bit more with those two really good running backs? But he's persona non grata for whatever reason. I, I I don't know. I know A.J. Dillon has the ability to affect football games and loosen up defensive fronts. I wrote him down here on sit the asses, but I'm not sure I would. Yeah, you know, I think Dillon's somebody I'd try to buy low on if I could. The Packers, yeah. they're still struggling to find their identity as well with Devonta Adams no longer there and not having a reliable receiver that Rodgers trusts. And I, like, I don't know if something's going on by the scenes with Dylan, but Dylan still, he's got so much talent. And we really thought that he and Aaron Jones would almost be splitting carries a lot of times, splitting touches, I should say, a lot of times during the season. Yeah. I think Dylan deserves a bigger workload. I think he's going to get it as the Packers get deeper into the season. He is somebody I'm buying low on. Sitting right, him, yes. Sitting him, yes, but buying low. All right. Read me some of these before we get to injuries and let's, let's see if we can get a couple answers in. You want to? Sure. Uh, would you trade away? Uh, this is from Kate O'Connell. He's asking, yeah. would you trade away Andrews? I guess that's uh, Mark Andrews, Brandon okay. Cooks, and Gibson for Kamara, Amari Cooper, and Kareem Hunt. I'm hurting your running back with Mostert. Uh, Gus Edwards starting. I just picked up Dulkich. Good call by you. Uh, so basically, it's would you trade Andrews, Cooks, and Gibson for Kamara, Cooper, and Hunt? I think I would. I think that Kamara is that much. You, you get the best player in the deal. I know I don't like giving up Andrews. But getting Kamara, uh, I think the deal makes that uh, something I would want to do. Kareem Hunt on the trade block, so his touches are a little bit down. Amari Cooper catching 54% of the balls thrown his way. That is so Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm with you. Alvin Kamara apparently is not going to be in handcuffs before the end of the season. He looks no. to be getting better and better. They look to be doing what you would always think they would do, and that is yeah. insistently – insistently um, pushing the ball to Kamara, which seems like what you would do. Um, uh, do I trade yeah. Michael Carter Jr. for Pittman? I have Barkley, JT, and Pierce. Uh, wide receivers are D-Hop, uh, Amon St. Brown. Uh, who else is that? Uh, Olave, Pickens. Would you trade Michael Carter for Pittman? I think I would hold on Michael Carter right now. With Pittman, you've got Ellinger throwing to him, right? We just talked about that, and I don't know what the hell to believe. Ellinger is somebody who there's a reason he hasn't played in the NFL much, right? Yeah. I would, uh, back to the best player thing, even though I just said I believe Carter has a big game this week. It's it right. is his time to step up and say, you know, fuck you for drafting another running back instead of in, ahead of me. Watch my skills. I do believe that. 
I also believe Pittman's really good, and whatever they're going to do on offense, they will figure out a way to try and get the ball to one of their two or three best players. So I kind of would, even though it might not work out for you right now. Right. In the end, in the end, if you have a good team, then I think you want Pittman on your team in the last five weeks of the season. This one's interesting. Should I trade Mixon for DeAndre Swift and Christian Kirk from Jacksonville? Um, God, I like I've said all along. I think Mixon's one of the best, probably a top three running back the rest of the season from here on out. He's gonna have plenty of scoring opportunities there with Cincinnati. Swift can't seem to find the field. I do like Christian Kirk. I think he's a top twenty receiver the rest of the way. But I think I would rather hold on to Mixon. He's the best player in that deal. Me too. Uh, oddity of how many times they targeted Kirk in the first couple of weeks, and then it slowed to a drip yep. for two or three weeks. I will say, in the two or three or four balls he got thrown for those two or three down weeks, he still managed to get 70, 80 yards because he's a good player. I don't care what people tell you about Christian Kirk. They overpaid. He's not a one, et cetera, et cetera. If you watch the NFL and watch all of these teams, he's a one. He's Take a the one. contract out of it, right? Like, don't even – I don't right. care what they're paying him. I don't care. He's Look at his one. production. Yeah, he's a one. He catches um, the ball. He's not afraid. He runs hard. He's not Devontae Adams. Nobody's saying that. But on that team, in that situation, he's a one, and you can feed him the ball ten times, and he wants it. He's up He's up to the task. So I am a Christian Kirk fan. You want to take one more? One more. Cedric wants – he's got two wide receiver and a flex position to fill in PPR. Lamb, yeah. Walker, uh, A.J. Brown, and Hopkins. Okay, so Hopkins and A.J. Brown are locks for me, right? Yep. I think those two are for sure. So I think it's easy. I, I The Bears are coming in here on a high. Now, they right. did just lose the pass rusher, but the Bears are feeling their oats. Everybody wants a piece of the Dallas Cowboys in AT&T Stadium. The Bears will put a lot of fans in that stadium. Yeah, Dak, Dak was extremely C-plus-ish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, that's a great phrase. Were, Extremely C-plus-ish. <laughs> well, that's, that's really most of my educational career, so <laughs> I'm familiar with it. But they worked probably 40 times on Dak with a naked bootleg roll out to the left to get his first throw for 12 yards at the tight end, and he threw it so hard and so high yeah. that it sort of had his mind spinning for most of the rest of the first half. He settled down the second half. But first of all, C.D. Lamb – doesn't want to be a number one, doesn't look like a number one. Right. Michael Gallup got two balls thrown his way last week, caught none of them. And right. this offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore is in a spot. Two years ago, we all in Dallas thought Kellen Moore is on his way to being a head coach somewhere else. We ain't going to be able to keep him. He's a frigging genius. No one says that anymore. This offense has no creativity to it. Mike McCarthy has grabbed it by the neck because he's the the absolute, let's just run 12 personnel guy, run this zone blocking scheme, play defense and run the football. And he's not wrong. Right. No. He is, but he is wrong to the point of the Cowboys aren't going to get where they need to go unless that gets better and unless this offensive creativity gets better. I literally sit here and think, why don't you guys just turn on the Chiefs, the Buffalo game, the Chiefs right. game, and, and the 49ers game and see what a little bit of motion uh, and getting fast guys in good positions. Kevontae Turbin, that, that punt returner, is a blink of an eye fast. Yeah. They drafted a, a wide receiver in the third round who can't get on the field, and yet nothing is happening to make Dak any better, and he still questions his own physicality a little bit. So I don't love Lamb this week. That was a long answer to, I, yeah, to – Walker's the third one. Yeah, Kenneth Walker's the third one in the flex. You start A.J. Brown Hopkins, your wide receiver. And where's Doug Donnelly when you need him, Dallas? <laughs> good point. Uh, good point. All right, let's move on to injuries. There's a litany of them. We're going to make sure everybody knows. Brees Hall is out. Mike we'll Williams – Yep, Mike Williams is out, but not for the season, right? No, it's look. They just said multiple weeks. I imagine it's like a three to five week thing from everything I'm reading. 
Okay, so find one of those two replacement receivers in San Diego because that quarterback is going to throw the ball 47 times. DK Metcalf, we thought was out with some patella injury. Now DK toughing it out, was back around practice this week and is questionable and wants to play. Thumbs up for him, but watch that one. Uh, Zeke Elliott, we broke just an hour ago as a torn, slightly torn MCL. If you watch the Cowboys play, you had that hyperextended leg that went like when we were kids and you take that awkward walk when you were nine yeah. and your leg went back and you screamed, or at least I did, because you thought maybe you just died. Uh, we saw that and I'm like, he's hurt. And he goes to the sidelines for three or four plays. Then he comes back out and he leaps over a cornerback who dares try to tackle him at the ankles, which is Zeke from five years ago. And I'm like, I guess he's all right. So anyway, we get today that that it is a partially torn uh, MCL. All right. And he then says, seems kind of like I'd be a pussy if I didn't play this week because we've got a bye week next week. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I I Go ahead. I, I don't think he can play. I, I don't think you can let him play. He is one of the emotional leaders on this team. Pollard can take over the carries. Uh, for the most part, for this team, for one game. I mean, listen, if you go look at Pollard's carries in the time that he's been here, they are literally about one-fifth of what Zeke has done. So even though Pollard's in his fourth or fifth year, the end of his rookie contract, whichever year it is, Pollard's still fresh. He can handle this. And Zeke emotionally and physically is needed by this team last six weeks of the season. I think it was like 10 or 11 years ago when the Cowboys were struggling after the, the end of the season. And Jerry Jones comes out famously says, you know, uh, the, the process starts today finding players who want to win is what he said. And yeah. and Zeke, I think, is going to say everything about wanting to play. And at some point, a medical person is going to say, no, Zeke can't play. But I think Zeke's doing the right thing. Maybe Zeke doesn't really believe he can play, but he's got to come out there and say those things as a leader on the team, a veteran on the team that's – uh, beloved in Dallas by by his teammates, and so I. But your the smart play is don't play. That's the reason you don't play Zeke because there's a bye week next week, and you've got a capable backup in Pollard, who I've loved all year long. Pollard can get in there and do that. Run Pollard into the ground this week because you guys are off next week. Pollard's a play this week, and I, I yeah. think Zeke is not in the end. By we won't know until Friday or so, but Zeke will right. not play. And Pollard is a play this week. Yeah. The Bears' run defense is pretty damn good. Uh, it is. But the Cowboys have forcibly and stubbornly run the football against most teams this year. And Pollard breaks one a game. He breaks one for 25 or 30 yards every game, sort of like Zeke did in his first three years. Uh, James Conner update. I don't have. Do you? It's it, it, it's all it's all cryptic with him where it's like you'll see in some cases they'll say he's going to play. It might be limited. He's going to be full go. He might not play it, with his age and with his wear and tear. Wait till Sunday and find out the news when it comes out. Have a backup plan in place. Make sure you've got something ahead of time. Be proactive on this. I hope you've got Eno Benjamin, but make sure you've got a plan in place for him as the news comes out closer to Sunday's game time. Who's the other kid we talked about? Uh, just in case, keep an eye on Keontae Ingram, who has 14 touches in the last two games in Arizona as well. Just, just in case, Keontae has a bunch of vowels in it. Uh, James Robinson will play some, but he was also a little dinged up, which I forgot. He, we did not see him much last week in Jacksonville because of a small injury. And now he goes to his new team. We're loving Carter this week, uh, for the jets, James Robinson. Do you know? No, look, I think if he plays, he'll be limited. It'll be, it'll be strictly probably like a handful of carries out there. If that after not playing last week, yeah, I could see Robinson getting out there. 
for about 10 snaps. You know, I think that's about the max they'll probably do. They're going to run with Carter quite a bit. This Jets team is is loving life right now, and they want to keep this rolling. And look, Carter is someone they do trust. If you picked up Chubba Hubbard of Carolina when uh, McCaffrey got traded, uh, he has an issue uh, and mm-hmm. may not play much this week as well, which leaves everything for Deontay Foreman, who we told you last week. They're, they're they're horny for Deontay Foreman in Carolina, and he showed why. 15 carries, I think, for 120-some yards was brilliant. So Chubba Hubbard, I think, limited at best. Mike Boone, from what I understand, is out. Mike Boone has an issue and is out. So Melvin Gordon is back in, and, and he's on my two-and-five team. And what the fuck do I do with that? Because well, they don't believe in him. He's terrified to fumble. The offense sucks. The quarterback is coming back, which probably isn't even the good news. And I don't know what to do with friggin' melvin gordon who i want to do something because i've always kind of liked melvin gordon but if you're in one of those leagues where you got no choice then melvin gordon probably is a 15 touch guy i guess this week so i loved mike boone i loved mike boone i thought he had a real opportunity but he gets hurt now he gets on ir uh gordon had to cross the pond with the broncos take out jacksonville it's another thing to keep in mind by the way sunday 9 30 a.m eastern time 8 30 central is when that game's going to play between denver and jacksonville make sure you're monitoring this Russell Wilson supposedly was doing, they, they said, working out on the plane, which I'm not sure what kind of workout he's doing on the plane, of but he um, he's doing something there to try to get ready to try to play. But I don't know if it matters much. Yes, Gordon might be your only option. Uh, he he should get 15 carries. Yes. Will it be successful? I can't promise you that. Here's the other thing. Don't cut Gordon yet because the Denver coach is getting fired after this game. Jacksonville's going to roll. Jacksonville's going to roll Denver in England, yeah. uh, whether Russ plays or whatever. Russ ain't cooking, and that coach, that coach is getting fired. And the next coach that comes in or that that moves over as an interim coach is going to know that Melvin Gordon plays hard, and in his career he's not really a fumbler, and he's our best veteran option to do good things in the passing game, pick up blitzes and everything else. So don't cut Melvin Gordon. Uh, Debo has a hammy issue. I imagine he plays against the Rams because it's the Rams. Right. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, I was so happy to see him come back because the Lions could use him. Second best weapon probably for them. And he leaves early in the game with a concussion. So monitor whether or not he's passing protocol. Keenan Allen, we already mentioned this, played in the first half last week. Played 11 snaps, took himself out in the second half. So we'll see about him, but they certainly need him with Mike Williams out. So check on that. Alan Lazard, I understand, was in a sling right. on Tuesday at uh, at uh, the Green Bay home office, but there is no report, zero, from Green Bay to this point that Alan Lazard has any designation. Yeah, uh, go back to Keenan Allen, too. Now, if you're in a situation where someone who has Keenan Allen in your league is desperate for some wins coming up, and, you know, Allen on a bye week this week, I'd make a play for him. If you could afford to do it, if you're 7-0, 6-1, I'd have no problem trying to buy low on Keenan Allen and the green Bay thing. I mean, my God, I don't any receiver pick him out of a hat to see who's going to be the leading receiver any week for the Packers. They're playing Buffalo too. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. D- David and Joku got paid and I'll give him credit. David and Joku has looked probably better this year at times than I've ever seen him look. He is out two to five weeks. So you will need a tight end there if he's your guy. And I sort of was signing up for da- uh, Daniel Bellinger of the giants who is also out now got popped in the eye and has an eye socket injury and is out at least two to four weeks. So David, uh, Daniel Bellinger, who I was kind of on 
He is now out, tight end for the New York Giants. All right, on to last right, but not least. Like Joku yeah. being out two to five weeks. Harrison Bryant's the backup there. The Browns love to throw tight ends with Jacoby Brissett. If you're looking for like a desperate opportunity, go with Harrison Bryant. Good, I missed that one. Harrison Bryant, right? Tight end in Cleveland. Somebody's going to catch some passes. All right. Uh, item number 10 is the hot tips of the week. Before we leave, everyone, Broncos and Jaguars under in London. If you're a betting man, good day, mate. Uh, time change, depression running through both their seasons, but I got the Jaguars in this game. Uh, the Bears and the Cowboys under as well. The Bears are fired up. Their defense is pretty good on both avenues at stopping the run and the pass. Dak is not himself yet. The Cowboys offense is as unimaginative as possible. Two really good defenses. Commanders at Colts, no points scored at all in this game. They asked them to leave the field. The Colts play good defense at home and are 3-3-1 three, three and one and are still in it. The Commanders maxed themselves out last week. I think there's a precipitous fall coming. Commanders maxed themselves out and beat a bad Green Bay team. Uh, so there's no points in this game. So that's what I got I, to tell you. I can't wait to switch my TV channel to 1978 and watch a Bears-Cowboys game where defense is just ruling. I mean – the Cowboys are going to destroy the Bears as far as, like, defensively, they're going to cause a lot of problems. The Bears will probably do the same to the Cowboys. But I'm looking forward to watching that one. Easy to say because this is often the case. But whoever gets the most turnovers yeah. or gives them, that's what's going to happen in this game. Do, does Field drop the ball when he gets rocked? Maybe not. He's a big, strong right. son of a bitch. But Micah Parsons will catch him. By the way, before we go, we go to the end of the show, did you see Micah Parsons backtrack on two screens in that game uh, I against did not the Lions? See so twice they let him in, right? He's on the end. He's lined up on the end. They let him in. He takes three steps. And he's like, oh, shit, they're letting me in. And he literally says screen, and he turns around and runs the other way. The first time, the guy was six yards ahead of him, and he tracks him down right at the goal line. That ended up being the play where then Detroit fumbled one play later from their own goal line trying to go in. He literally got him at the half-yard line. And then earlier in the game, in the first quarter, he'd given up three yards and turn around and tracks down the running back from behind who only gained six or seven yards on a third and 10. And I'm telling you, they they clocked him twice at almost 21 miles an hour. And that is going that way, putting on the brakes and turning around and running that way. He was such a fantastic draft pick for Dallas. Uh, a huge get for them when he, he slipped a little bit in the draft, I thought. But he was a, a great, great pickup for the Dallas Cowboys. No doubt about it. Tito, I had a good time. Thanks, um, brother. I hope your teams get better. Mine are getting better. Maybe this, the little bit of luck is falling my way. Uh, I don't sense I'm on my way to a championship, though, but I did bid a lot on Deontay Foreman. Come with me on that one, folks. Come with me. Do it. I, I'm with you on that. Yep, I'm good. I'm good with that. Fantasy football now. We'll be back for you next week. We'll try and go live again on Wednesday. Jeff Tito Thidoff is at Fit Happens and Brady Tinker at DFW Sportsbeat. I live in Dallas, and this guy lives in Ohio. Which town? Columbus, Columbus, Ohio, right? Like a snow's throw from the stadium. The only town. That's right. The only town in Ohio, right. You know, right. good job, buddy. Had a good time. See you next week. Thanks, man. We'll talk.